In come the Canucks. Vertanen on the move. Got it back to Pedersen. A return for Vertanen. And here's Miller going out in front. Jam play. Allen down. Did the splits. And it's in. Scores. Just a Zach in the spin cycle. Back it goes to Miller. Drives down low. Give and go. Or Vertanen scores. Jake Vertanen has his first Stanley Cup playoff goal. And the Canucks get even in this period. Now dumped out and a, a bounce to Mott. He's in alone. Tyler Mott scores. Tyler Mott hits the daily double. And Vancouver has the lead. The official open net. Markstrom. Oh, did you see that? Off the lines with an open net as Markstrom was out to play it. And somehow got back in time to save the day. And welcome back into the Canuck Hawks podcast just after a gutsy Canucks win after being down 3-1 in the game. Came back and won 4-3 in the end and uh, very impressed with uh, how the team kind of came together uh, around Markstrom, basically. And I'm uh, joined in by my co-host again, as always. Uh, Dan, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm a very happy Canucks fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's how I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, let's start. I, I'd say biggest thing, let's start with the coach. We talked about uh, Travis Green's, uh, you know, his coaching and how he's adjusting to this series. Um, I'm very impressed with how he kind of drew up his lineup and how he kind of manipulated his top two lines to kind of gain an advantage. What do you think about that? Yeah, so, I mean, we talked about this, and we talked about how um, prior to this, when they were up to nothing, you know, this is really the test is going to be on Travis Green. How is he going to adjust his lines? How is he going to line match? What's he going to do? And and finally, last night, he really, um, you know, he, he didn't care who was out. Um, he, he moved Pedersen, swapped Pedersen and Horvat, mm-hmm. which I really actually thought was a was a, a really good move in, in all honesty. I, I, you know, I actually think Horvat might be playing with a little bit of an injury. He seems a little tentative, yeah, but yeah. Um, boy, um, you know, he, he hit the right notes. He got the guys out at the right times. I mean, they were down five defensemen and, and we're definitely going to talk about the defense, believe yeah. me, but, you know, down to five defensemen in that third period, um, aside from the, the, you know, the empty net at the end, Vancouver was in my humble opinion in, in there were spurts for the blues, but they were the better team. Like they really were like the blues started to take control at the end of the first period, like the last 10 minutes of the first and the beginning of the first 10 minutes of the second. Yeah. And it just looked like the, the game was over, you know, like they were, they, no matter what Vancouver did and they weren't rewarded. Right. I mean, they, they played a really good first period for like 10 12 minutes, let's say 10 minutes. Yeah. And they weren't rewarded. Jake Allen was making some good saves. Um, but, uh, you know, credit to Travis Green, credit to that team. And, and, and of course, we all knew that, that um, Jacob Marsham was going to have to steal minimally two games for the Canucks in this series. Yeah. Well, he just, he, you know, he, and again, I don't even want to call it stealing because the Canucks played good, but he made some 10 bell saves, Holy which allowed yeah. them to, which allowed them to score goals. Yeah. I mean, you look at the, like what they were talking about and post game there, um, how Markstrom saves kind of uh, spurred the team on and that save that he made on uh, in the linesman giving the, could have had an assist on that one. Um, probably off his shoulder, on his um, elbow there and had to like scramble back and make a like a ridiculous save. I mean, some of it may have been lucky, but I mean, and he made another 
really great save on, uh, I'm not sure who it was there, but I mean, yeah, he, he basically, I don't know if about, like you said, about stealing, because he did allow three, but. That, that's just I mean, it, yeah. I mean, look at the Ryan O'Reilly goal. Like everyone's, again, Ryan O'Reilly is a god right now yeah. in terms of playing hockey. He's, he if he isn't the best center in the game right now, and, and I, you know, McKinnon probably is right yeah. now, but then Ryan O'Reilly's right behind him. Like he's just having that type of a series, how and but that goal wasn't like a an amazing goal. That was no. like off Jordy Ben, and and for some reason, Markstrom's pad. Normally they're like right down on the skate, yeah. and when you cover the when you cover that part of the post, the the pad is like right there. For some reason, his pad stayed up, and you know physics and equipment and whatever it is, and so it just kind of found found that spot right. Yeah. Um, but I find it hilarious because, you know, um, I believe it was the Blues, um, uh, one, of the, one of the Blues play-by-play guys on the radio, and I, and I forget his name, and I apologize uh, to him for that. Um, but he was saying that the Blues were really dejected when Vertanen scored the goal. Like, like yeah. okay, so then should the Canucks have been dejected? And maybe they were when Markstrom didn't stop that shot. But then did Markstrom give up on anything? No. And, and and here's Markstrom off of off of, you know, an official who got in the way of a of a clear in. And by the way, if you watch the replay again, watch that. The I can't. I think it was Petrangelo who who, who tried to who who cleared it in. He was upset that the ref got in the way of the clear yeah. in, and then it <laughs> leads to this great this great scoring chance. But, you know, Markstrom Markstrom didn't give up. And I think no. that that more than the, the saves themselves, I think the fact that he wasn't giving up, it was like, guys, let's like, we can do this. And all of a sudden Vancouver started taking over the game. They yeah. started implementing the game plan. Travis green probably really got honest guys. Like don't stop skating. These guys are getting tired. And the blues last night towards the end of that game, aside from that late game push, um, the blues were a tired hockey team. I, yeah. I don't think they let, I don't think they let up on the gas. Um, I think they were a tired hockey team. So, so credit to Travis Green, to credit to the team, but credit to him for for sticking with and seeing things that we don't. Because we've been, you know, and 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 I've been, you know, just ragging on on Jake Vertanen, and he it seems like he's slowly found his game. And and the coach, you know, we all think that the coach hates him, and 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 yet here he is, gets a, a goal and assist, plays on a line with Pedersen, Miller's double shifting with with yeah. Erickson and stuff, and and you know. Year. you're going to see a lot more of that in game uh, in, in game uh, six and it's going to be really hard for the blues to uh to compensate for that yeah and the thing is is when you look at the team the way that you know the guys we talked about this before with the bottom six and we needed you know jake Bertan was playing in the top six granted but i mean he is a bottom six guy and we we're saying you know guys like Bertan and guys like you know we didn't think tyler mott would pot in two goals but you know guys like that have to come come through and in the playoffs, and that's exactly what you need to win. And you got guys that pretend and Mon, guess what? Canucks win a game. Um, only guy that did that scored from the top six was JT Miller. Um, without those two guys, I mean the Canucks don't win this game. Yeah, yeah, a great, great, great comment. And I think it just shows why you need depth. And and again, we forget that. You know, regardless of whether you, you think Vertanen should have been picked at the spot the Canucks picked him or not, he does have skill. Yeah, And it shows when you play with skilled players. And, and this is more the criticism and the rightful criticism of some of the bottom six in the Canucks. Um, is they don't play, you know, they play that, 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 that game. But, you know, Beagle and Sutter, again, really struggled. I don't know if, if, if Sutter is injured again or not. Um, but he's really slowed down. 
you know, yeah. he checks hard, but he's really slowed down. Louis Erickson has really slowed down. Um, and, uh, and maybe that's the blues that skate better, but, um, for Tannen with Pedersen and, and Pedersen, by the way, is, is, it, you know, we're, we're going to be saying in two years, he's the best center in the game. Yeah. Literally, literally he, he will be, it's just, he's, he is. And it's not just that, you know, people, some people are like, Oh, his, his ceiling's a death soup. No, no, no. This guy's going to be 140 point, 150 yeah. point player. He like, you know, like I shouldn't say 140, but he's going <laughs> to win his hearts. He's going to oh, yeah. score his 40 plus goals. He's going to get the, these assists. He's that good a player. Um, but Jake Vertanen playing with skill. I mean, he, you, you have skill out there and Tyler Mott, just his engine doesn't stop. Like, yeah. like, like his engine doesn't stop. And to be honest, you know, who he reminds me of is, was uh, Tor, um, Rafi Torres. Oh, yeah. The engine doesn't stop, right? Now, maybe he doesn't kill people, which is probably a good thing, so he won't get suspended. <laughs> but it, the engine doesn't stop. And that's, I think that really pushed the rest of the Canucks, too. Like, the yeah. engine doesn't stop. You can't stop the engine. You stop the engine when the whistle blows, and you stop the engine when the end of the game happens, the horns. Other than that, your engine never stops. Yeah, and I've talked about – everyone knows I love Tyler Mott, and he's, he's just – yeah, he just doesn't stop. He works hard. He's got some skill. I mean, you see that. I mean, that play that he made on Petrangelo, granted, he didn't have a stick, but – you know he was I mean, nominated for the Hobie Baker, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not like, like so, he can't so, score. So it's not like know. he can't score and he doesn't have skill. It's this is this is the funny thing about the the NHL where they and they do this and they pigeonhole a player into a role, right? Yeah. Because this is what we need you to play and this is what we need. The last night, I think this is where you know to, to you know going back to Travis Green. Th this is what I'm talking about when I said you know you got to let the peacock fly. Yeah, Besser played his best game of the series last year. Last I 100% agree. Yeah, yeah, he just he was dogged, determined, and I don't. You know what? He's going to get goals because of that. And if oh, you yeah. notice, he Quinn Hughes. By the way, and we're going to talk about this too, um, as we have to. But um, they they wore they actually wore down the Blues last night. Yeah. Like they did. And you could tell the blues were getting frustrated. And remember all those smiles and, Oh yeah, we got this. <laughs> and those goofy little, you know, smirks on the blues face from game game four. And, and they were there in the second period, they were gone. They were literally gone. And Thatcher Demko is my hero right now, because <laughs> if you can get under the skin of, uh, of, uh, not Schwartz, um, of, uh, David Perron, if you yeah. can get under David Perron's skin, you, you know that you're, you're in their heads now. Yeah. And, and that's what the Canucks got to do. And, I mean, now they don't have their, uh, you know, the same old Jake Allen, such a, he's a you know, he's going to turn this series. And Jake Allen didn't look very good in this game. And now they really don't. They're thinking, oh, going back to Bennington. I was on St. Louis Blues fans on Twitter saying, oh. You know, can you really do that, Bennington. though? I mean, what? Yeah. Like, but, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they would do that. I mean, it's not like the, the Canucks – just lit him up and oh they'd be the Canucks would like, be licking their chops at Bennington's back in the net <laughs> and, and 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 I'll tell you why right okay so we can move on to the next one then have we covered the coaching thing pretty good oh yeah okay so let's let's keep talking about Mott and the players and that so you know again the dogged determination and and for Bennington if they throw Bennington back in the net what's really cool is the Canucks know they can score on him and it has to be in his head Right. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I don't mean this disrespectfully because I, I, I watch a lot of hockey. I watch all the teams and Bennington is a good goalie and he yeah. is, don't get me wrong. He is a good goalie. I don't think he wins as many games as people thinks 
think for the Blues. The Blues win their game because of Craig Berube's is one of the best coaches in the game. And the team has bought into the five-man, move as one unit, skate as one unit, yeah. block as one unit. Like, that's how they play. And Bennington plays very well into that. And then, and of course, Jake Allen looked great in the two games where they were able to do that. Um, Vancouver came up with the plan that, that worked north-south. Where have we heard that before? You know, <laughs> push the puck up the ice. And, 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 and so for Bennington to come in, I'm not sure that he's going to make that big a difference. I don't even think he will. I think, you know, especially if Vancouver can get one by him early, it's, it just, it, it's, 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 it's killer. Yeah. And I think Vancouver can, and I think Vancouver will, and we'll talk about that, but you know, um, right now I think the blues have to be looking at it. And again, now here we are, we're in round five of this seven round fight yeah. and the Canucks are now up three rounds to, to, to two in this, in this bout. And once again, they got back to their game plan. I mean, this is, this is a boxing match again. Oh and yeah. It's just, it's just so fun to watch because you know, the Blues had some moments, but Vancouver just found a way using their strengths to, to win. And and for anybody, by the way, that sits there and says, oh, well, Vancouver would have down 6-1 if, if it wasn't for, for Markstrom. Oh, so they should apologize for having one of the best goalies <laughs> in the game. And they should sit there and say, well, yeah, no, we're not a good hockey team. We're only as good as our goalie. Maybe you could say that a little bit about the Montreal Canadiens, because I think there's a little more relevance to that. Yeah. But the Canucks are a darn good hockey club. And the St. Yeah. Louis Blues are finding it now. And the Canucks are starting to wear them out. And they're wearing them out in a different way. So I'll let you kind of make your comment and we'll keep going. Yeah, I, I agree totally. I mean, the thing is, is the team is, I was saying yesterday, the, th the thing is the Canucks are a fast team. They're a better skating team than the Blues. They're a more skilled team. And you saw it as the, as the game went on. You looked at, you know, Pedersen got a bit more room and he creates so much room himself. Like that play that went for 10 and scored that goal. He was like shifting this way and that and guys just lost him in coverage. And he just, his edges are just so strong. Yeah. And his skill is so high. I mean, he, yeah. I like that comment you said about Vertan and playing with skilled players. Like that's exactly it. I mean, there's some players that can do it themselves like Pedersen, um, you know, and they don't need skill around them to make them good. But Vertanen is just a player that needs that skill around to create room. And I was really impressed with how he won a battle on the boards to create that chance for JT Miller um, for yeah. that one where he jammed it in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Vertanen's a skilled player. He may just need to play with skilled players to bring out his, um, his skills. It is, and is that not okay? Honestly, is that it's not okay? Fine. If, if like, that's I mean, what that... it is, yeah, yeah, exactly. And especially if Tyler Toffoli is going to be back, and it sounds very much like if the Canucks were down three to two, um, he could play. So some people are suggesting they might set rest him one more game. I personally, I wouldn't. I'd throw him in, and I'd yeah. be like, because it's just another thing for the Blues to worry about because Toffoli can score. Yeah. And if you put, if, if you're going to continue with Horvat, Miller, Besser, which I'm okay with, right? I think Miller actually had really helps that formation of that line. I think it's good. And you're going to put Pearson on there, then get PD on there with them. And I know you don't want to drop Jake, but I'll tell you who also had a really good game yesterday, even though he only got six minutes. Um, and, and I'll get to that, but I throw Tefoli in. It just gives yeah. them something else to worry about. It's another skilled player. And if he doesn't work out, then you just drop Besser or drop Pedersen and swap Pedersen and Horvat and, and get the Toffoli-Pearson-Horvat line going, right? Yeah. Which, which will be just fine. Um, 
Adam Gaudet had a great game. He only played he six did. minutes, but he skated north south. It stretched that defense. It's 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 uncanny how the Blues, um, when you stretch them out like that, it opens things up, and that's again right into the Canucks, um, uh, you know, into the Canucks wheelhouse. So. Um, you know, I, you know, I appreciate, you know, what you're saying about the skill thing and, and yeah, I, I, if Toffoli's available, put him in and now you're, you know, and then we get, you got to figure out what you're going to do on that third line. Yeah. And I mean, I actually like that, that JT Miller, uh, Patterson and Vertanen line. Someone made a comment that when the Canucks were on that seven game winning streak, that was the line um, yeah. that was having it in that, that time. And like I said, it's not, if Vertan can get going, that again creates another problem that the Blues have yeah. to look at. Okay. And you know, and that's what we want. That's what the Canucks need is another yeah. is more threats throughout the lineup. That you know, the team's like, okay, just splitting Pedersen away from Miller and um, Besser created a problem because Baruby's like, okay, who do I put? Cal- you know, who do I put yes. Ryan O'Reilly against? I agree. You know? I agree. And I agree. And either he, pick he one or the other. Miller. <laughs> yeah, he stuck him on Miller and. They had some problems, but they also scored against them. And if you notice too, that Ryan O'Reilly line, they got tired towards the end of the game. Yeah. And you could you could see it. The Canucks, like Ryan O'Reilly's been such a good skater this series. Well, well, by the third period, and again, I encourage people go back and watch the games again. You know, look because when you're watching them as a fan, you get nervous and you're just watching again. Yeah. Go okay. back and watch them again and analyze them, and you'll realize Ryan O'Reilly, the the whole Blues team, they were tired. And that's just credit to the Canucks. And I'm going to tell you why they started getting tired too in a couple minutes here. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's move to the defense um, for, for a minute here. And the thing is, you know, we were ragging on the defense uh, throughout the series of how, you know, they're struggling. And admittedly this game, they did have some issues again. Like Edler didn't oh, yeah. look too good. Edler yeah. looked horrible again and <laughs> he looked horrible. But, yeah i mean by the third period credit them because they had to hold a lead and the blues didn't really have much of a push until the end of the game i mean maybe a bit of tiredness like you said but i think the defense did a really good job down a man in that third period yeah i i now I, again i i'm gonna say that i think edler hurt them uh, chris tanev was directly responsible for the um for the for the the tying goal in in worrying about the players and this is what we talk about when you're you're going downhill and you're smashing players that's the perfect example of why you do that because here we are in game five and out and tanev instead of playing the puck he's worried about getting hit now and he doesn't yeah. play the puck and what happens gets stolen gets centered and Jaden schwartz rifles at home right beautiful yeah. shot Tan have struggled. They, they're struggling because they're hurting. Like <laughs> the Canucks are hurting. And so now the beauty of it is, as Fattenberg and Jordy Ben haven't been, and to be perfectly honest, I think they were one of their best players. Um, yeah. Troy Stetcher played one hell of a game last night. I mean, yeah, he, I, I, he, he played phenomenal, but um, Quinn Hughes really is God. Oh, geez. Um, we, we may <laughs> have to start calling him, we may have to start, we may have to start calling him. Uh, uh, you know the alpha and the omega um i don't know you know i'm joking <laughs> to all the religious people out there um don't take that seriously um but i mean he just he took his game to another level he broke four ankles he broke his own ankles twice by the way um <laughs> but he broke he broke four ankles and they had no they were tired and they had no again we talked about this there is no accounting for there's no way you can really plan to 
to take on talent. There's no way you can plan to, to plan for skill. And that really took over for Vancouver. Yeah. They needed the JT Miller goal and, and the Vertanen goal was probably like what really pushed them over that edge. But man, Quinn Hughes was just, he was so good. He's yeah. so good. I, I, you know, and, and uh, as a fan, I, I can't believe the Canucks have a core of Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, and they have that glue guy in, in JT Miller. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. Um, again, as a, as a coach, you know, you know you want Edler in there because he eats so many minutes. You know, you'd love to have Myers in there. I, again, I'm a fan of Myers. Um, I, I wish he hadn't got injured because I think he would be really have been really good in this series, even physically. Um, but uh, I'm uh, Quinn Hughes just took his game to another level, and I, I don't know what his ice time was. I'm not sure if you can, you know, if you have that. But uh, by far. Quinn, as Quinn Hughes goes on the back end, the Canucks defense goes. And, yeah. uh, but in that third period, like you said, I was really impressed with Jordy Ben and Oscar Fattenberg, like super, super impressed with them because no matter who they were out against, they, they, they played a good game. And those guys were pushing the puck up the ice. Like, it, like they weren't East Westing it. They were like up, 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 get the puck up, get the puck out of the zone. That tired the Blues out massively, and uh, full kudos to the to those five. And again, I no offense. I mean, I Alex Edler's an amazing guy. He's a good person. You know, I have nothing against him that way. Father Time's catching up to him, and he's looked very slow. He's made really bad plays. He's made very bad um, decisions a lot of times. And and having him out probably was the best thing that could have happened to the Canucks. In all honesty. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing is, is that I heard this morning from Rick Dollywell that he's um, he's looking okay. He's looking good. He could have come back, but his stitches were required a bit more. So yeah, um, he's probably be back in Game Six. And, he probably uh, needed the rest. Yeah, he probably needed two. only two periods. Maybe he'll be <laughs> maybe he'll be good for three periods this time now. That's right. And yeah. Tyler Myers, and I'm, I'm sh- there was talk about him coming back for Game Six too. So we may see him. Yeah, no, well. he's no, he's not. He won't be available till round two. Oh, now, right, that's, that's what right. I've been we reading. were talking yeah. about that the yeah. other day. Right. Yes, yeah, Toffoli who will it's Toffoli who will be available Toffoli's for Game Six or Seven, and and but I, I again I I throw Toffoli in, but I would eighty percent Toffoli is is uh, is still good. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. Going yep. back to Quinn Hughes, that uh, he played 26 minutes, 26, 43. So, so, so I, mean, I mean, I mean, just yeah. I mean, that's 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 what the superstars. That's that's like the top defensemen play those yeah. minutes. And so you think about that for 60 minutes, he's on for 26 of it. That's 26 minutes of possession that the Blues probably had against him. I honestly, this is just a guess, but I'd say they probably had four to six minutes when he was on the ice of possession. <laughs> Oh uh, no! Really, really, I right, really, yeah. really, really believe that. Like, I, I think that he he does that, and that's that's why Faber and myself are so big on Ole Yelevi. Yeah, is he has the exact same type of skill set where he can control play and move the puck up, and you just when you when you control the puck, you control the game. Yeah. Right. And if the Blues want to wear themselves out chasing the puck and smashing players or whatever. <laughs> The Canucks did a great job adjusting to that yesterday, if you noticed. They did a phenomenal job. And and like I said, by the end of the game, when a guy like Brock Besser goes in and he beats two of the Blues' best defensemen in Petrangelo and I'm trying to remember is it Dunn, I believe, is his defense partner. Um, Maybe it's not. But he beats them for the puck and creates an opportunity. Like, like, 
who cares if that goes on the net? The fact that he wins that battle, yeah. those I, I totally agree with Faber. That stat is going to be a stat really, really soon. And it has to be winning puck battles because yeah. that is like the, the, the probably the most important part of a hockey game is winning puck battles. Yeah. And I'll go back to Faber too. And he's talking about uh, two superstars showing their superstars and they get, they did. Pedersen and Hughes yeah, were did. very noticeable in this game. Yeah. Um, Hughes, like we said, Hughes drove the play like he always does. Um, yeah. And he played 28 minutes last game, 27 the previous uh, 26 in this one yeah. and he was an even he didn't have any like even no plus no minus but I mean an average is five shots a game I mean the thing is is just he's just amazing and the I, I want to talk about another thing about Quinn Hughes and if I can um see he took a shot on the power play and Tyler yeah. Bozak hurt, felt it yeah and the Canucks Definitely started did. firing last night and there were a lot of block shots but again, watch the game. A lot of Blues were limping back to the bench. And yeah. did we not talk about that? <laughs> we, yeah. That that wears you out just as much as, as pounding a guy. Because yeah. now you're trying to skate through pain in your leg. You're trying to skate through a pain in the knee or a pain on the arm. And then when the little tap comes and a little, another little tap and shot comes, then it really hurts. And, and you have to limp to get going. And those are the steps that all of a sudden Vancouver started taking over. The best part about last night's game for Vancouver was they didn't let up. Like they really didn't like they were trying to score goals and that's Vancouver's best defense. Like literally the best way they defend leads is by running up the score and they may never run it up, but run up the score. And they did that last night and, and it showed and um, Quinn Hughes that shot, Man, what a weapon now. And again, those three guys, um, they should just be firing that puck. And it doesn't matter if you hurt someone and don't feel bad because they won't feel bad about putting you out of the game. Yeah. You know, PD, I understand that, that you're a wonderful human being and, and you really are and you don't like to hurt people. But they, those guys on that team have no qualms about taking your head off. Yeah. Like they have no qualms about breaking your neck because they don't care. Because at the end of it, oh, I'm a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah. So don't worry about don't worry about bruising their leg or whatever it is, yeah. Bur- you know, breaking their ankle with a with a shot. Don't worry about that because they don't yeah. care. That's true. And the thing is about Hughes is like we said before too, he that wasn't supposed to be a weapon of his. Uh, yeah, and yeah. he's put that into his arsenal. And that was another thing that you know when in the draft year. They weren't talking about his shot. He's like, oh, he yeah. has an okay shot. He doesn't. Remember in game one? Remember know? when he scored? We were at the game. Remember the opening night, game one, and he fired that shot? I looked over at you, and I was like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the? And, and it's just been in his arsenal now. Yeah, and makes him more of a threat. And the thing is, is the way he can move the puck himself, create room for himself to have that shot in his, you know, available too he's going to be, like I say, he's going to be a guy that's going to hit 70 points in his career and during the season. Well, I mean, he's, it's, it's, what is he at? 63 and 80 some odd games, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I hate to say it. I know McCarr's going to win the Calder, but after seeing these playoffs and this performance, there's little doubt in my mind right now that um, Hughes should win the Calder. Yeah. He really, really should. Like the thing is, is you look at like Makar's stats in his uh, series, 
um, you know what? He he's probably not playing. He's not playing close to thirty minutes. I can tell you that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good comment, and I think I think you're right. But I don't think he has to, too. I mean, the, no, that's they're in true. two different. Yeah, yeah. They're in two different. They're in two different um, spaces in terms of of where their careers are at and where their teams are at and everything, right? I mean, Quinn Hughes is playing 26, 27, 28 minutes out of necessity for Vancouver. Yeah, that's true. Literally, <laughs> literally, like, 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 uh, what, what was it? What was that? What was that show where they, um, where he did that? Hold on. Um, oh yeah, the the Water Boy. All right, guys, you're you're good enough. Go go ahead and go do that, you know, because Bobby can't go out and do this all himself. And then they all get out in the field, and then he, the, you know, he, you know, Henry Winkler, Bobby, you're gonna have to go out there and do this all by yourself, like. like <laughs> You know, and that's that's probably what Baumgartner is saying to the rest of the defense. Okay, guys, you got it, you got it. Pulls Quinn aside. Okay, Quinn, you're gonna have to do this all yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like it's true. It I does, mean, Macar, yeah. I'm looking at McCarr's stats, and he's he's around 20 minutes. He had one game in the playoffs at 25, but his average is about 20. I know, so and they're playing, like one A, one B. They're they're one A, one B. Like that, you can't. Yeah. You, you know, I'm not going to sit there if McCarr wins and goes, oh, he doesn't, you know, he didn't deserve They're that. They're both like, no, ridiculous no, no, no. defense. Yeah, I mean, like... both ridiculous. It's just you can see in these playoff series, and especially the quality of the teams they're against. I mean, just Quinn Hughes, we're grateful. I had a friend that I worked with um, was so high in Quinn Hughes. And I was like, I don't know. I kind of want Noah Dobson or maybe even Bouchard because, you know, he just seems more NHL ready. And, yeah. and he's like, trust me, you want Quinn Hughes. <laughs> um yeah shout out to tyson like honestly like he nailed it this 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 kid is gonna win some norrises he's yeah. he's he's gonna be he's if he isn't the you know and I, again i still think seth jones is the best defenseman he's out now very clearly right now the best defenseman in the nhl playoffs is quinn hughes yeah and the thing is is like he played nine minutes in that third period nursing the there league. you go there you go and yeah like yeah. i mean out of necessity obviously but I mean, he didn't show that he's he was uh, overwhelmed. Well, did they and did sure. they look and did 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 he look like a defensive liability doing it again? They they kept so much play down in the blue zone and they worked so hard doing that. It's very hard for a team to get any type of momentum to you know to tie the game and and to to get something going. Yeah, no, it's true, and it sounds like a really Quinn use love in here, but I mean, no, the guy's no, not. It's not. Uh, this guy's not hype. I mean, this guy is yeah. is the real Legit. thing. And yeah, yeah. Like when I when we and the Canucks had a chance to draft him there, and when Detroit passed over, I'm like, Canucks better pick this guy because I thought he wasn't going to drop to the Canucks at all. I was high yeah. on yeah. him. I, I heard that too throughout yeah, the I draft, and I'm like, oh, we're not getting that guy. There's no way. Well, again, you know, I mean, we, we talked about we we talked about this. I mean, you can't draft for centers, and and you know, remember we were all. And I was I was very critical of Montreal drafting Kotkaniemi. He's been so good for them. He shouldn't. You know, I guess he got the appropriate penalty yesterday, and, and that I'm glad he's not getting suspended. Kotkaniemi is is becoming the center that they drafted him for. Um, yeah. And, and for Arizona, um, they, in all honesty, probably made a mistake drafting Barrett Hayton where they did. They probably could have drafted a Quinn Hughes or a Zadina or something like that. And they probably could have traded up to get Barrett Hayton in that, you know, 19 to yeah. 25 realm or something like that, you know, so, you know, it's, uh, you know, but they, but they jumped up, they, they messed it up. And for Detroit, if you're Detroit, and Zadina was technically the second-ranked player in the I believe. 
If yeah. not, he was third. He, him and Sveshnikov were kind of one and two or two and three, I believe. Um, if you're Detroit, how, how can you not go for a guy who has 80 point potential? Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, yeah, so it's true. Um, yeah. But I mean, for what Hughes is, he is going to be, he is already the steal of that draft. I mean, yeah. Even though yeah, he exactly. was drafted so high, I mean, you can, I don't know if you can yeah. call him a steal, but yeah. I mean, for what he's going to ultimately be in his prime, and you're looking at this, and we've said this multiple times, he is only 20 years old. I mean, almost yeah. 21. Yeah. Um, and he's just going to get better every year. He's going to get stronger. Like, the access are okay, he's not going to get bigger and stronger. He's going to get stronger. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just his skating and his edges and his hockey IQ is what makes him elite. It's not his size. No, to- totally agree. And, and that's why that's why I think, you know, there's there's a bright future. And, and it, it was fun to see that last night. And it's fun to see a guy like Tyler Mott, who's, you know, a younger guy. He's not older. You know, he's not old. He's a younger guy. He's starting to kind of find his groove. And if that's the type of third, fourth liner you get, like, I got to be honest, man, a Goddard, Bertan, and Mott third line, probably is a would be actually really really good because yeah. they just skate right and and you know um you know that fourth line of, of beagle you know you want beagle and sutter for penalties and that but you know you go beagle sutter erickson as your fourth line and you play them like four minutes and, yeah. and you pretty much ride your three lines i think i like vancouver's chances if they can do that i really really yeah. do because those three lines they, they can skate right and and, you know, Alex Edler's got to start playing big. It's like he's just playing a little docile or, or something. And, and, you know, he's, he's got to get going. But I actually wanted to ask you, this is, I'm going to ask you the question now. I want to ask you about Brandon Sutter's play and, and what, you, what you thought of it in the game and, and what your thoughts were on, on – because uh, we, pretty much we know about Beagle. He's, he's doing the best he can, but, but age yeah. is really catching up with him. But I wanted to ask you about Brandon Sutter because he was so strong in, you know, in the first round of the Wild and even the first couple games. Well, what did you think of his game not only the last night but the last three games? I mean, Sutter is definitely not the same guy that we saw in the Minnesota Wild Series, that's for sure. I mean, we were talking about before, he looks, he looks slower again. I mean, he's still winning. I'm pretty sure he's still, he's still winning draws. He's still a good penalty killer. Um, you know, it's his age again. And his, I don't know if you're saying if he's injured again or not. I mean, he had some groin issues in the training camp. Um, this set training camp 2.0. Um, so, I mean, that could be something that's catching up again. I mean, the thing is, is he's still he's still a useful player. But yeah, this series he's struggled. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's injured. Um, I think he's retweaked his groin a little. Um, you know, he's playing through the pain. Um, I really feel like Travis Green has understood that as much as he loves his veterans, um, he's not going to win this game grinding it out with the Blues. You're just you're not going to win that. And I think Travis realizes that. And uh, you're probably going to see that line, you know, they'll, pen- they'll kill penalties and they'll do the things they need to do. But uh, I-, I think, you know, you're going to see Travis Green really ride um, those, those top three lines. And um, yeah, I agree with you about Sutter. I think there's a, there's a challenge there. Yeah. And the thing, like, you know, he's, he still brings that, uh, that face off win, you know, he wins face off. And I'm just uh, looking at his uh, face off percentage in the last few games and, I mean, he didn't, he's not taking many draws. I mean, last game he only took, he only took eight 
and 50%. Is a 50% in that game. Last game only took seven draws, 42. I mean, he's not taking a ton of draws. So, and he's not playing a ton. Last game only played 11 minutes. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. you see Travis Green kind of looking. He's not at 100%. Uh, previous game like 16. Last yeah. one they had a pretty high was 19 minutes in uh, game three. So, I mean, yeah. it's, I think he's slowing down. I think Travis Green's kind of seen that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, he's still a guy that can, um, you know, kill penalties. His face up percentage is not really high, but he's not taking a lot of draws. So, I mean, you're still going to have to ride the horses of Bo Horvath, JT Miller, um, and Jay Beagle. Even Jay Beagle's not taking a lot of draws either. It seems like it's just it's JT Miller and Bo Horvath. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing Travis Green realizes too, like these are, those are great comments. And the other thing Travis Green realizes too now is that, okay, you got Ryan O'Reilly and I made this comment last night. I mean, it's pretty much the St. Louis Ryan O'Reilly. So the other, the other lines are doing okay, but the, they, are they going to win you games? Like we, we talked about this. We talked about your third line and secondary scoring and, and getting scoring contributions from all around. Right. Um, you know, I don't know. And, and again, if you look at the blues, they scored two games, the first one, they scored three on the second game. They scored three because they won two, three, two in overtime on the on game three, right? Am I yeah. am I wrong on that? No, no I'm right, right on that. Yeah. Then they won three one in game game. You know, game. Uh, so the, so they're average. Yeah, game five four. four. So four. so the so they're averaging roughly around two to three goals a game. And Ryan O'Reilly is the one who is scoring the bulk of those goals. I mean, how many goals does he have in this series, right? And I think I think the other one is Jaden Schwartz, right? So that top line is really carrying them, but we don't talk about that because we always talk about their depth. But really, you know, if you take away some of the stupid takeaways, like Edler giving it to to Blaze there, I mean, for the most part, um, the Canucks have have done a, a fairly decent job of weathering the, the the kind of the offensive push and they've done i feel a really good job of limiting that secondary scoring of the of the of, of the blues and that's where the blues on their side um they need to understand that, that you know they're having a tough time um, controlling vancouver's scoring no matter where it is yeah. right now because vancouver is getting goals from multiple sources around and and you know we you know again that, and that's without brock besser scoring a goal that's with, you know, um, and, and fully not in the lineup. And, and now, you know, you got Mott and Jake for Tannen contributing like that. That's how you win in the playoffs. So I think it's a really solid um, a, a testament to the depth that Vancouver has. And again, just a testament to Travis Green trusting his X's and O's system that he put in place and that he sometimes out coaches himself on that's easily the best game he has ever coached as a Vancouver Canuck as, yeah. as their head coach. It, it, it is not even in question. He put players in positions to succeed How and they we excelled. Said that. <laughs> exactly. Right. Put them in positions to succeed. And, and that was the most Bill Belichick um, coaching job by Travis Green ever. And I, and I hope that this is where, he just draws on this game moving forward. Like this is how we have to win. Yeah. Right. And the thing is about him is, you know, he made some adjustments. We said about the lineup. He also, the thing they talked about during the game was the shift lengths and, you know, making sure that every line had energy every time they were on the ice. And that's the biggest thing against this blues team is having energy to battle and to win those battles. And, you know, in game four, 
I mean, you got to look at it. The thing is, is that the team was tired, and that's just bottom line. The Canucks were tired. And, you know, that dated rest and re-energizing and having the shorter shift lengths really helped them, I think. And, and that's what you got to do in this, against this team is have energy, skate, because they are the faster team. And they looked faster as the game went on. Yep, they sure did. And and the Blues, and again, and and, and and you know, as much as everyone's praising the Blues, they're pretty dinged up. I mean, Tarasenko's mm-hmm. gone now. I know Barbashev just got back in the lineup. Oh, and by the way, um, you know, someone else said this, but but I totally agree. Um, he needed the Macho Man cowboy hat when he when he took his run at uh, oh, at uh, Miller there. I mean, that was that was ridiculous. That that was that was that 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 was very close, in my opinion, being suspension worthy. He left yeah, his feet. He left yeah. his feet elbow first. He had one thing in mind. You know, and that was to injure him, as Tommy Larshide would, you know, said about Beret on Churla there. He had one thing in mind, and it wasn't to play the puck. It was to knock that guy out. And, yeah. um, you know, the Canucks are lucky that it wasn't worse than it was. But the, and but this goes back to my comment about, you know, to the players. And if I was, again, the coaches in Travis Green, I would tell these players, right now you look at that play, that that's how the Blues play. They don't care. They will knock you out. They'll take a suspension. They will take the penalties. They don't care. Their goal is to knock you out. So you know what? You know how you you beat that? You beat it with speed and skill, and you can still punch back. You're still a heavyweight. You can punch back. So start blasting those shots, and I don't care if you hurt them. Because eventually, yeah. and we saw it towards the end of that game there, the Blues were scared to get in front of Vancouver shots. And they were, gonna, they were willing to allow Jake Allen to make the saves at that point. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's what the Canucks have got to just keep doing. And we said this multiple times. Canucks have got to just push the pace north-south because they're the better team when they do that. And the yeah. Blues have issues defending it yeah. and dealing with it. They're not a fast team. And that's what they – I mean – they're a big team, yes. They're great yeah. on the battle. And they, they can be fast. But, they can be fast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they tried to play it. They tried to play that yesterday and they kept up. But then something happened after the JT Miller goal and something happened, you know, into the third period. And again, watch the game again. Anybody who listens to this podcast, you will see the Blues got super tired and they started making mistakes because that's part of sports. Fatigue is a huge part of it. And oh. that's when you start making mental mistakes. Yeah. And that's the thing. And, you know, the Canucks do have that youth on their side. They do have more speed and skill. And they just got to do the same thing and keep going. Because now Barubi's out looking at it and going, okay, what do we do to counter this? And that's what you got to do. You got to make sure that they keep having to make adjustments. Because for games three and four, he had to make no adjustments. Because the Canucks just couldn't deal with it. And that's now it's on now we basically switched it over back again okay now it's in Baruby's court what do you do to counter it and green has just gotta keep you know do the same things but i'd say have a better you know there was a chunk of the game there that the canucks didn't look so, too good but there was like you said there was a point in the game all of a sudden the canucks just looked like they were the better team yep yep nailed it though so, yeah um if there's nothing i mean it'll, what else we have to still talk about here? And I think uh, I think the only other little thing we should just say quickly is Jacob Markstrom is probably oh, just yes. earned his. He probably just earned his Markstrom, big contract. Yeah. 
Yeah, Markstrom probably earned his contract last night. And and at this point now, it's about, okay, who what who can you release and how can you fit it in? Because I still think you want to bring Toffoli back. I think you want to, um, you know, you want to get Markstrom, you want to get Toffoli. I think I think you have to let Tanev and Stetcher go. And, and I think you need to, you know, as much as, as you want to keep, you know, keep them and, and that at the end. And I love Troy Stetcher. Don't get me wrong. I love him. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, um, you're, you're going to win because of your goaltender and the, the identity of this team is, is moving the puck up the ice and pushing the pace. And you, that's what you need on defense is you need guys who can do that. Yeah. And we got the Canucks do have guys like Jack Rathbone coming you levy. Um, there are some guys that, you know, to fit that system because the Canucks do yeah. need a quicker defense. Yeah. Um, overall. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you I know, agree. but Markstrom, Markstrom earned his paycheck yesterday and <laughs> he earned it. He, he earned his raise and, and, you know, pretty, pretty much the Canucks will have a decision to make with Demko maybe in a year or two when it's time. And, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Markstrom's game will diminish in those two years, but for right now, he, he really did earn his contract and, and, um, you know, that was the Rod Tidwell moment last night of yeah. show me the money. Like <laughs> that literally was, you know, and, and he, uh, you know, that was, you know, we haven't seen goaltending like that um, since Luongo. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, and the thing is, is Mar like we were saying before, Markstrom has to at least, you know, be the biggest factor in a game uh, at least once here. Yeah. And he was. Yeah. And so, again, I, mean, I think last night more, he gave them a chance. That's and I true. wouldn't say yeah, he yeah. stole it. I'd say he gave him a chance. I still think he's going to have to – I think he'll have to steal game six. I think he's yeah. going to have to come into game six and just lock it down, shut it down. It is a much better game time for the Blues. The game starts at 6.45 our time. So yeah. this is like more of a, a, a traditional St. Louis time um, than, a, than a Vancouver time, but it's still close to Vancouver game time, um, you know, by 15 minutes. So – I expect it to be the best game. I really, really do. I think game six is going to be the best game of the series. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, I was saying, I was making that comment yesterday too, that it's actually closed because it's in Edmonton time, that's 745, right? So, um, you know, that's closer to where the Canucks usually play 7, 730. So, I mean, for both teams, it's it's closer to where they usually play, even though um, yeah. they've, you know, they've been a, quite a few games with the 730 start. So, yeah, yeah, well, it's nine thirty. It's nine nine thirty St. Louis time, right? So this is a mm -hmm. uh, this is this is a lot better for them. Like that's eight forty five now, and I think that's a that's a little little more reasonable. Um, I don't see why they can't play the games a little earlier. To be perfectly yeah. honest, I think. Mm -hmm. you Especially know, now that some I know, of the I know all the teams done, are out. Right? Exactly, so. there's two two series left, so and they're on off nights. So you know, I think I think it's reasonable to to start moving things that way. But that's there, not there. So yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, let's go for some keys to uh, tomorrow's game. Um, we'll go our, two, our normal three keys. Sure. Yeah, so my, my first key is is going to be, uh, can Travis Green take advantage of last change? He has not done that. He didn't do it the previous two games, and whether it's because he wasn't able to prepare as much or whatever, um, he's made some great moves. We know Baruby's going to have to make his – his moves, um, Travis Green has to take advantage of having last change. He has to get his, he has to get his lines out um, in favorable uh, matchups, and he's going to have to um, give his team the best chances they can by by taking advantage of last change. The second one, like I said, I believe Markstrom has to just steal the game, like outright steal it. Like he can't, 
allow a soft goal. He can't allow, you know, like he can allow goals. He just yeah. can't allow softies. And, and, you know, they need him to continue to do that. But this time, you know, really steal it and demoralize the Blues because he has to be in their head right now. I mean, think yeah. about it. They, they, they should have been up 5-1, right, because of the, because of the uh, circumstances there. So I, uh, I suspect that, um, you know, at least I, I believe Markstrom has to be that. And then the third one, uh, the third key is going to be um, the line, the top six, however they shake out, you know, that top six has got to, for Vancouver, shine through this time. You know, I think Quinn Hughes is going to continue to play well. I, I'm actually, to be honest, I, normally I was going to say the defense, but I think the top six needs to really show up and put some pucks in the net. And the reason I say that is that if you're the Blues and the Canucks are able to put the puck in the net, quote unquote, at will, it, yeah. it's just so demoralizing because you think, you know, we work so hard, we get a goal and they come down and they just, you know, fire a couple shots and it's in the back of the net. Like, those are to me that's what has to happen is they they that top six has to has to shine through and, and it doesn't matter who scores the goals the top six just has to get those and and um even you could even say like top nine if you want to say that just get get those goals from contributions you don't need a guy scoring two goals for you every game just just yeah. get a contribution of goals yeah um those yeah those are great keys i mean I echo the thing is, is yeah, Jacob Markstrom has to be a factor again uh, in game six. He's got to be one of the best players. Uh, that's my, that's the first key. Uh, second one, bottom six, uh, whatever, whoever's in the bottom six, whoever it is, um, has to continue to uh, contribute. I'm not going to say Tyler Mott's going to get another two goals again, but you know, a guy like that has to come through again. And I'm sure there will be another uh, quote unquote hero. Uh, in the next game, because I mean, to win, you got to have contributions from everywhere. Uh, and the third one, um, yeah, like I said, the top six has to come and score, score a few goals too, because like I said, the Blues, yeah, if they start getting goals against and, you know, their goaltending isn't been the best, or hasn't been the best here. So if we, if the Canucks can score a few goals, I think it will really push them back and, having them to think too much about how they're going to be able to win the game. So that, those are the three keys for me. Perfect. I couldn't uh, tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so tomorrow's game is at a different time. It's a uh, 645 start nor rather than the 745. So uh, make sure you uh, you're on that. I'm sure everyone is. And uh, hopefully we're talking about a series win and talking about the next series coming up uh, in the next uh episode so it was That's great awesome. to, yeah it's great talking about go. Canucks win again that's for sure yeah go Canucks go all right go Canucks go all right that wraps up episode 19 of the podcast so it's going to be it's going to be great to uh hopefully talking about Canucks uh, moving on to the next round and uh how this team has really surprised everyone in the NHL and the young guys uh, Elias Pettersson Quinn Hughes they're all just you know and even the depth guys Tyler Mott I mean I really see Mott's game really being you know, reminiscent of like Alex Burroughs, that type of guy. And, you know, you never know. We didn't think Burroughs was going to score 20 goals in this league. And uh, Mott could become that type of guy. I mean, even if he is the guy that we know here, uh, I mean, that's still a guy you need on the team. He's been an important piece of this team as the run has gone. So, I mean, even a guy like Mott has been a huge part of this team. So, um, 
the Canucks are in a good spot. They just need to keep grinding, keep moving forward, keep pushing the puck up the ice and taking shots. And, you know, I think that's what ultimately will win this game for them. And uh, I'd say keeping the lines similar to what Travis Green did. And if Foley can come back, that's even better. So uh, the Canucks are they just have to keep working, keep grinding out and uh, get, get out of there with a uh, game six win. So I'm um, looking forward to all that. And uh, that wraps uh, the episode here. And uh, thanks everyone for listening and for following us on Twitter. We're over a hundred uh, followers now. So thanks for that. Um, and, you know, like us on Facebook. I uh, want to kind of build that page as well. So that, that'd be great if that did happen. And then uh, we're having some great guests coming up. Uh, if the Canucks ultimately win this series, we'll have uh, try to get Clay Emo back on the podcast to talk about that and break that down and then break down the new the next series coming up. Hopefully that's what we'll be talking about in the next week or so. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And we're also part of the Hockey Writers Podcast Network. And I uh, just dropped an article on uh, Jet Wu there. And uh, take a look at that because, uh, you know, he's going to be another defenseman that's going to be coming up that could help the Canucks in the long run. Good puck mover, uh, great physical presence back there. So uh, he's going to be a great addition to the Canucks when he ultimately comes into the team. Uh, took a look at his journey uh, from the Winnipeg Midget Hockey there and up all the way up to the Calgary Hitman this past season. And he'll be probably playing for the Utica Comets. So, uh, yeah, he's going to be an exciting defenseman to watch. Uh, hope, potentially being paired with Jack Rathbone in the AHL if Rathbone doesn't make the NHL. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch the defenseman uh, coming up in the system. So, uh, yeah, give that a look. And, uh, you know, browse the site because Hockey Writers has some great writers over there. And, uh, you know, give that give them a read as many as you can because uh, there's a few, few great writers over there. Actually, most... All of them are great writers, so I don't want to diminish anyone over there. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and go Canucks, go!